Tony G Radio Your station, your creation Welcome to our new show with Revive MS Support Over this series, we'll meet some of the people involved with Revive The leading provider of support for people in the west of Scotland Who are affected by multiple sclerosis Revive's purpose-built centre is located in Govan, Glasgow. In this episode, we'll speak with Andrew Kennedy, Revive's cafe manager, about its place at the heart of the centre. Susan, Helen and Roberta, members of the supporters group, for insight and encouragement about helping friends and family with MS. And finally, we'll speak with Ian McWhirter, CEO, and Rochelle McGinnis, community and events fundraiser at Revive, about fundraising and the exciting ways it can bring a community together. First, we chat to Andrew about Revive's Cafe. My name's Andrew Kennedy. I'm the cafe manager of Revive. And what was your background before coming to Revive? I've chefed for all, almost 20 years. I've been all over the UK. Um, I've worked in some Michelin star places, some rosette places, nice country house places. I started in a, a hotel Domeny Park Hotel in Barhead. I know the one. Yeah, um, I've worked all over Glasgow, but mainly um, from Perthshire up way up the way. I came back to work locally, and then I got the job in Revive, and I'm actually off weekends for once. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite unusual for um, service industry in general, but particularly for kitchen work. So yeah, yeah. that's great news. Um, Andrew, can you tell us a bit about the cafe here at Revive? The cafe is like the hub of Revive. Um, everybody comes for social um, nobody really talks about MS everybody laughs and jokes and it's nice to hear people um, being themselves with their friends and it's a nice atmosphere and um, everybody seems to love it um, they can be themselves instead of thinking about MS all the time and treatment or before they head up the road after one um, but what does the role of, of food and nutrition have in, in what the cafe does here? Um, well, the cafe is a safe place for people, um, and because of my background, the soups are really healthy. There's a lot of vegetables in it, a lot of nutrition, and um, we're trying to build up to make new new items as well. Um, they've got volunteers who come in. They make great cakes and great tray bakes, and everything's really good home cooking. Um, you wouldn't say the tray bakes are nutritious, they're really sweet, but they're really tasty, really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a different sort of medicine. D- different medicine, yeah, it makes you happy. It's <laughs> exactly. happy medicine. Chocolate seems to be quite a thing for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, with my background as a chef, it makes it easier to, to give people the service that they want. And we do table service as well, like um, to make it easier for people and friendlier and mm-hmm. sit and chat with a lot of the a lot of people as well so it's really nice and mm-hmm. it's good for me as well like to get me out of the engine room to get me out of the kitchen of course and actually speaking to people and yeah. um when i worked as a, a chef i used to go out and see all the the people anyway so i'm used to get, like talking to people and mm-hmm. um i enjoy it it's just really, it's really um it's good to work here because it's rewarding that's the word i was looking for sorry mm-hmm. um and it's good to see ha- smiles on people's faces, like maybe going through tough times. Mm-hmm. Everybody's happy, and um, you, know, you know you're doing a good job because they're all telling you that, and it's just, just rewarding. Well, I mean, empty plates is also a good sign. <laughs> yeah, empty circles. Um, exactly. Um, it, you know, I can I can imagine that um, 
that it's it's quite challenging both uh, physically and emotionally and mentally for some folks you know who are undergoing um, treatment here um, for various uh, in various ways um, and you need you need calories you need fuel to do that um, you know so I can appreciate that perhaps that we a bowl of soup you know with some some good nutrition in it you know can just help someone um, rally a little bit better um, and negotiate things a wee bit better because it's it's hard when when you're hungry um, or maybe you've not been getting quite the right um, vitamins and minerals you know to to be able to then um, engage with with what what um, happens when you know in someone's life when when they have MS. Um, so it's lovely to know that there's uh, the cafe has almost two two roles in that sense. You know, it has the nutritional sort of value to it, but like you were saying, that social value um, that there's at that neutral space where somebody can come and just relax for a wee second. You know, either on their way in or on their way out. Um, do you do you find that folks maybe come in just for that social aspect? Yeah, a lot of people just come. For- for the social aspect sometimes people don't even have something on that day they just come in to see their friends and mm-hmm. a lot of people share their ms experiences and like they talk it out and they seem to they probably get further that way talking to each other because they all know how they, they're feeling and even if they're in different development like they've, they've all been there from the start it's like it's a journey so mm-hmm. um they're all talking and talking amongst each other and probably getting more out of it talking to each other than what they do elsewhere mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so it revives that big help and especially get nurses on board they've got a great physio team mm-hmm. um, and everybody's working really hard it's, it's like the, the, every single person that works here cares about the people as well so they're, they're working at 110% mm-hmm. there's no really slacking and everybody's there for the people making sure they're happy and Mm-hmm. talking to them like everybody sits and talks for a wee while and it's nice to see that mm-hmm. and I've got, I've got to know most people I think, think about 500 people and I, I basically know them all so that's it's lovely to to be that um, I'm probably the first kind of person except the receptionist that they get to s- share some experiences with and uh-huh. um, it's good just sitting down and talking to people and, and them getting to talk to you and forgetting about their MS even for a, for a while mm-hmm. they can talk about it if they want and they can leave it if they want it's, 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 it's a great great experience mm-hmm. for no because I've, I've spoken with a few other colleagues in the building and um, you know what they've mentioned while we've been chatting is is that ability or that opportunity for somebody who's undergoing a treatment say a bit of physio or um, some oxygen therapy, you know, there will be someone either sat next to them or near enough to maybe have a wee chat as it's going on. Um, But there's always a treatment like in those situations inherently, you know, there's there's something um, physical or holistic or medical going on. Um, But the cafe doesn't quite have that. I don't want to call it a barrier, but but that additional element, I suppose, is, is probably a better way of describing it. Um, somewhere where they can just be be for a moment um, and, and not have that extra element added there. And, and maybe that um, e- makes it easier for some people to speak to the person beside them or over the table from them. Um, so it's a lovely, like, um, sort of neutral, more neutral environment where, where folks can share their experiences and, and get a benefit from that. Um, 
want to say thank you so much, Andrew, for taking a minute. I know you're an extremely busy fellow yeah. um, down there and that you'll have folks who are wanting their, their lunch, um, wanting their coffees and getting some of that amazing cake that you've got going. So thank you so much for taking a wee minute to, yeah, to chat you. us through. You're very, very good. welcome. Sunny G Radio. Your station, your kitchen. Next, we speak to Susan, Helen and Roberta about the supporters group. Hey, I'm Helen and I'm, my husband is MS, primary progressive MS. I'm Roberta and again my husband's got primary progressive. I'm Susan, um, my husband Dougie was diagnosed in November, uh, January sorry, 2019 but as yet hasn't been put said what kind of MS he has. Okay. Um, well, I suppose a good place to start then is what is it like supporting somebody with MS? A roller coaster. <laughs> no How's day, that? No two days are the same. Right. And you can you get ups and downs all day long. You know, you've not got a you don't have a day where it just runs smoothly. You've got lumps lumps and bumps all the all day. I think it's um, challenging, frustrating, stressful. <laughs> I th- you feel lonely at times mm-hmm. and you feel overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, in Doogie's case, unpredictability of his condition and really not knowing until that morning or that afternoon how things are going to be. I agree with all these things. Um, it's also exhausting, mm-hmm. absolutely exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's draining. You've no time for anything else. Um, it's confusing because you don't always understand what's going on. Um, it's worrying, upsetting, because it's awful seeing someone suffering and not really being able to help them sometimes. Um, it can also be infuriating because you really do not understand it and you get enraged and then you get enraged at yourself, you get enraged at the other person. So a huge, huge range of, yeah, of yeah. emotions, of of situations that we find ourselves in. I, I, yeah, I think unless you are living with someone who has MS, uh, you, you don't fully understand what that person's going through. And although, you know... People will say to Dougie, oh, you look really well, uh, oh, you must be doing okay. They don't know behind the scenes of how difficult it is for them sometimes just to do tasks that they take for granted. And that can be extremely upsetting for him and and for me. Yeah, like simple tasks. I'm not going to say what Vince would say, but um, it just annoyed him that he couldn't change a light bulb. And that's been polite. <laughs> um, that was what got Vince most, as things that he did before. Vince had changed engines and cars and stripped cars down and all the rest of it, and he can't even hold the screwdriver anymore because mm-hmm. he's only got the one working hand, and that frustrates him and makes him angry and makes him very, very upset. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine that the adjustments that everyone needs to make can be quite difficult and challenging. Mm -hmm. And we've already got a wee sense from what you've said, you know, thus far. Um, So how do, how does the the carers group here at Revive, how how does that help you guys? I I think I'm kind of new to the carers group. um, And I was really struggling. 
I was really struggling. I didn't know what was happening to us, you know, and I think I've said before, I felt as if we'd been hit over the back of the head with a baseball bat and I, I just really struggled. And it was one of the, the girls in the, the cafe had said, she, I think she saw I was really down and suggested I join the carers group, which I hadn't heard of before. And um, I think it was the next week I, I came in to the carers group and I think I managed to get my name and Doogie's name out and then I cried for the rest of the time and Roberta gave me a hand. I felt so overwhelmed by everything that was going on. Um, but... Once I came back, obviously, and then COVID hit and we we continued through Zoom and um, I just found it so supportive, so helpful. There's no judgment made of anyone in that group. We're all at different stages, um, but we're all just really nice to each other. And I think now I've got five new friends that I didn't have before. And the thing we've all got in common is we care for a person with MS. Yeah, um, I mean, I've, I'm well. Out of the three of us, I'm the longest one uh, to be in the carers group, as I say, because I started it in Mary Hill before it moved, mm-hmm. um, and I found that I was quite fortunate. Um, Vince had been diagnosed in the January, and I think we started coming in the March, um, and I found it very, very good. And like Susan, I mean, that was why I had the, the tissue ready for Susan, because the first day I went, and it was a case of Anne Roberta, my husband's got MS, and, and that was all I got out for the whole oh. meeting. And I just cried. Basically, every time I tried to speak, I just cried. Yeah. So I knew to be prepared for a new person. Right, there's a tissue here. I go. Um, I think the best thing I get out of it is I now understand. I mean, it took me a long time. It took me months to actually admit that I felt angry. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't admit that. I wouldn't even admit it to Vince. I, I was so angry. How dare he get MS? Not that it was his fault. I mean, he didn't ask for MS or anything. But it was just the anger inside me, and I couldn't get it out until I'd been at Revive and been at the carers groups for maybe about five months. Mm-hmm. Um, and to realise that I wasn't the only one that felt angry. We all feel angry at certain parts and certain times, and it still overwhelms us sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's not just we can admit we were angry and then that's it, it's put back in the cupboard. It still surfaces quite a lot sometimes, as we can testify <laughs> through our meetings, because we now meet, meet weekly on Zoom, um, which is, I think it's a good thing to all of us. Not just us three, but the other three that's in our group. How has it helped you? Well, it's been such a relief to be able to speak to people who understand about it. Because however close you are to people, they don't know. They do not understand it. And you you said earlier, Susan, that you felt lonely. Absolutely, Uh you do. It doesn't matter how many people are there. If they don't understand what's going on, you still feel very lonely and isolated and... I think, I know in my case, I've tended to withdraw from things a little bit because I can't handle too much more outside what's happening in the house. But coming to Revive and having a centre that you can go to for yourself, for your husband, for um, company, mm-hmm. for social, a bit of a social life, for everything has just been invaluable. We've had so much good advice, whether it's financial or mm-hmm. uh, medical or... Um, even just ways of changing your life a little bit to make things better. Mm-hmm. 
So it's been, it's almost like the linchpin of our week, I would say, the, the, the weekly visits to Revive, the weekly meetings with the carers group, um, they've been hugely important. I think as well as not having to explain, mm -hmm. because as you say, when you go into, go somewhere else, or you go out or whatever, and you maybe meet somebody you haven't seen for maybe months, years, whatever, then having to explain why your husband's in a wheelchair or walking with a walker or whatever the circumstances are, having to go through it all and explain, yes, he's got MS, this is what it is and this is what it means for us now to come here where everybody, to a certain degree, are all in the same boat. We're all going through the same thing, maybe different times, um, and not having to explain, you know, to somebody... It's like having a second family, really, because it's you don't have to explain yourself or explain what's going on in your life because they all know what's happening. I think as well, in our carers group, we have a laugh. We have a laugh mm -hmm. and we're able to discuss the horrible things that are happening to our partners and... and you know, happening to us, you know, how, you know, some, we're not happy all the time, we go on and some of us are angry, some of us are upset, but we have a laugh and we know at the drop of a hat, I know I can phone any of the carers group if I was feeling mm -hmm. down or I was worried about something and they would answer that call and, 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 and help me and that means a lot because you do feel isolated, mm -hmm. you do struggle and you do worry uh, and you can't help that, um, but to be part of a group um, we all know what each other uh, is going through and it's helped me immensely, immensely. There seems to be um, something here in the, the power of collective experience. Mm. Um, you know, not everybody is going to have that exactly the same yeah. experience, but there's enough commonality, I suppose, where um, coming together like that virtually or in person, um, you know, allows people to, sh to share those experiences and... and get the benefit um, or wisdom um, of, of someone else's and um, that, you know, maybe that they can take that and, and apply it in certain circumstances to their own, um, their own life and their yeah. own well-being. Um, so how can people get involved in the group? I, th I think um, they have to ask or it has to be advertised to them or made, I think on your first visit with your husband, wife, partner the carers group should be introduced to them, they should be made aware of it mm -hmm. they may, might not take advantage of that straight away, I don't know if I would have um, but they'll get to a point where, I mean they might go they might set up a new carers group and they might not like it, it we're, we're all different but I could only tell them how much of a benefit it has been to me um, but I think it's, it's at the, at the first opportunity it should be mentioned to them mm -hmm. so that they can have that chance to think about it and then maybe participate in, in a group it's not just the carers group but a lot of the carers don't seem to realise that we can access the facilities like aromatherapy, reflexology and all that We're, we can have that treatment as well it's not ju not just the person that has the MS mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't realise that mm -hmm. when they first come I mean, I don't think I realised for months and months that I could actually get reflexology. Mm -hmm. And it was great the first time I got it. And I thought, this is wonderful. I don't need to go somewhere. I can go and get that. Vince's in his exercise class. And I'm upstairs or wherever, mm -hmm. getting my muscles pulled here, there and everywhere. And I come out relaxed. Instead of sitting downstairs going, 
you know, just sort of a sitting brooding, really, mm-hmm. or trying to be sociable when you really don't want to, and getting the, the complementary treatments are available to the carers or supporters as well, and that needs to be emphasised right at the, the beginning, I think, as well, that there is something for the carers, you know, although it is mainly for the MS, I don't want to say sufferer, but that's the most common word that's used, but there is something here for carers as well. If anyone wants to get involved in the carers group, they just need to come in and uh, ask at reception. They'll be told about the. There's two new groups that started about three three months ago or yeah. something. Uh-huh. Um, so there's one on a Thursday evening about half past five, mm. and one on a Friday morning at ten thirty. Once a month for each yeah. of them. So you could go to either both. It doesn't matter. You can come to one one month and not come for another two months. It doesn't matter what you do. Um, so they're quite small at the moment. There's not many people in them, which is good because everyone gets a chance to talk. Um, and at each group, one of us um, is attended. Two of us at the moment are yeah. attending at the moment, just until the groups take off a little bit more. Um, but they've been very good, good yeah, both both yeah. groups. So uh, please come if anyone's listening to this. <laughs> um, just come to reception and sign up, and we'll see you there. I, I wonder... Um, if it's just worth sort of highlighting that um, the the role of a of a carer or a supporter um, will often include helping someone come to the centre, um, and that you know it's um, that that part of the process or um, or of treatment is perhaps uh, glossed over a tiny bit because someone needs to probably often help someone get here to help them come away from their treatment and get back up the road. Um, And so what you guys do as carers or supporters is actually mission critical in a lot of cases Mm -hmm. to helping someone access the services that are here. Um, And, you know, as you were saying a minute ago about having the complementary treatments available to carers, I suppose underlines that importance and that role that you guys have in someone's life and that because you're experiencing all of the emotions um, about it that you know that moment for you to hopefully reset a tiny bit or to to, what's the saying here you can't pour from an empty cup Um, you know and that that uh, allows you guys to then go back up the road and continue doing the important work that you guys do exactly yeah Yeah. um so what advice would you guys give to someone who is thinking about coming to revive for the first time i would say embrace all the services that are made available to you you've got first-hand people there to give you advice Uh, you've got a nurse you've got physio um and everyone but everyone in the center is here to help you and will help you um, they'll they'll go out of their way, even if it just means sitting in the cafe with you and having a cup of tea and chatting to you. It, that means a lot sometimes if you're feeling really, yeah, really down. So I would I would say embrace it. It can be scary, you know. You can see people that are an awful lot worse, um, and it can it can be scary. But it's also a great benefit to anyone using it, and I would encourage anyone to to be part of it. I was just saying, get there as soon as possible as well. I mean, like many of us, um, 
We, well, some of us didn't get to revive until a number of years after the other half was diagnosed. Um, I think I was relatively lucky, but we got handed a leaflet about revive at the very beginning at the hospital. But there was too much going on. There was too much to take in. There was, mm -hmm. how do we cope with this? What do we do? Where do we go? We really didn't know. So it took probably about six months to a year before I managed to persuade my husband to make an appointment and then he couldn't make it at the last minute so it was myself that came in but from the minute I came in I knew that it was the right place you just do you just mm -hmm. yeah. everyone is there to help you and you, no questions were too silly I was able to see the MS nurse myself uh, rather than with my husband because he wasn't able to come that time so that started the ball rolling and so don't don't worry about anything. If, if something goes wrong, it doesn't matter. Just get in there and make an appointment to speak to someone or go and find someone in the cafe and start oh, howling with them. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> or just have a cup of tea, but it doesn't matter. Just mm -hmm. come. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm in a different situation because we had had experience with MS because we had a friend who had MS and Susan used to attend Mary Hill because she used to use the hyperbaric chamber. Um, so when things get diagnosed we knew although we get told about it at the hospital we we knew about the facility we knew about Revive because Susan had attended to it so actually it was Vince that took the first step I didn't need to push Vince he was willing to come because he knew from Susan what a good place it was um, but I would say that if they're coming for the first time don't be frightened Everybody's friendly and everybody has bad days and you'll have a bad day and there'll be somebody there to G you up and give you a kick up the backside if you need it. <laughs> um, but everybody's so nice um, and it's it's nice to come somewhere where you're not judged. Yeah. And that's basically yeah, that's it. That's probably you're the not, most important yeah. thing in many ways, uh -huh. isn't it? Yeah, you're not just yeah. because everybody has gone through the same thing well carers anyway have gone through the same thing to some degree or other and we don't judge anybody because we know how it feels mm -hmm. to be sort of a sitting there going um, I, I, I just hate hate, hate, hate and you feel guilty then for speaking and vocalising how you feel but don't because there's nobody at Revive will ever judge you no, never, never, never judge. Even if you sat and started crying, which sometimes people do, because oh yeah, <laughs> but I know, but very often it's and they start even now. You know, sometimes we start to talk about things, and you just think, oh geez, oh, and you can't help it, and nobody judges you. You know, everybody would be rally round and, and help you. Um, I just can't imagine where we'd be without it, really. Yeah, oh, absolutely, can't. You know, no, yeah. I don't know where I would be. I would, I was, I was struggling. Yes. A I lot. Think actually, as well, even during the, the pandemic, we still had each other. We were more fortunate oh, yeah. than a lot of people because the centre was closed down, and although the centre actually started the Zoom calls, when Jackie was put on furlough, she wasn't allowed to carry on because it was a form of employment. And she couldn't do that because she was on furlough. So we decided to, to carry on it ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think if we didn't have that, we'd all be going round the bend. Excuse me. But I, I think. <laughs> I thought I was glass. So never mind. I, I, I think as well that um, 
the centre has been a, a godsend to me um, because very often it's a person with the MS and I think when you come to the centre people say but how are you? Mm-mm. How are you? And it's only I, because you try to be really strong because you think oh geez, oh it's Dougie it's got the MS and he's suffering all this but then somebody said to me but you're suffering as well because yeah. the life you had before you, you almost grieve for mm-hmm. the life you had before yeah. and you've got to make adjustments and it's hard yeah, it's hard it's still good. all adjusting yeah, and still all getting there and we do have down times it's not all fun mm-hmm. but we do have fun times as well especially with each other so yes yeah, um, I remember John saying that at one meeting that we are all grieving because we're grieving for the life we've lost and for the hopes and dreams that we had that we're not going to have anymore because mm-hmm. they're not going to happen I mean it's we're, we're our husbands are older um, than a lot of people that come so we all had dreams of the retirement and what we were going to do we were going to travel here going to travel there going to do this that and the next thing and it went out the window <laughs> <laughs> but it's true it did it went out the window and that was one of the ways that you feel guilty and you feel angry it's because you're losing that life and as John said you are grieving now, is it, the person's still there but you're still grieving because you're grieving for the life that you're not going to have anymore I think as well though you need to remember that there is life after you've been diagnosed with MS it's just a yeah, bit it's different, different. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. but you have to make changes but you can do it you can you know by coming here it's shown me that I can do it um, and you just alter your life a wee bit it's not mm-hmm. pleasant but it can be done forward planning yeah. well thank you so much to you guys for taking a little bit of time um, to speak to everyone um, about sort of your experiences uh, caring for somebody with MS I hope that in hearing what you guys have to say that that someone out there listening does take you up on <laughs> on that and come through um, and you know get that support mm-hmm. and that network that has clearly been so important to you guys mm-hmm. so thank you so much for sharing that with everyone you're welcome thank you thank you Sunny G Radio your station your creation and finally we look at fundraising with Ian and Rochelle my name's Ian. I'm the CEO at Revive MS Support. And I am Rochelle. I'm the Community and Events Fundraiser at Revive. Well, welcome, welcome, and thanks for taking a wee moment to uh, speak to us about fundraising at Revive. Uh, Ian, how long have you been re- with Revive? I've been with Revive for exactly one year today. <gasps> Congratulations. Thank you. Happy anniversary. Yeah, I can't think of a better way to spend it than to be here. Hey! And how about you, Rochelle? I've been with Revive in some capacity for over four years. Oh, congr- so we have a real wealth of um, experience and longevity with us here in the room today. So, guys, can I um, can I ask you why is fundraising so important to Revive? That's a great question. Um, at Revive, our mission is to be a caring and inclusive community where everyone affected by MS can find the support that they need, whether that be physical, emotional financial or social. We're a charity and that means that we rely on the generosity of our donors and our fundraisers to help us provide the essential lifeline services to everyone affected by MS. We need to raise nearly £60,000 a month uh, to, to be able to continue to do that. So that means that every penny that's donated, every person who takes part in a fundraising event or activity 
or every company or business that gets involved can make a massive difference to what we do. There's around 3,000 people in the west coast of Scotland who are affected or living with MS. So that's a lot of people that we can help. So it's their friends, their family members, their colleagues, their neighbours. These are the people who naturally want to support a charity like Revive. And the more people that support the charity, the more people that we can help. Rochelle, could you tell us a bit more about your role, please? So my role within the charity is the fun part of fundraising. I organise events both in-house and larger external events. Um, I obviously out with the centre. I come up with challenges that people can take part in. Um, and there's a huge social benefit to what I do. A lot of it is, obviously, we want to generate income to allow us to fund the centre. That's a pivotal part of what I do. But it's so important that particularly our clients feel that they have a place that they can come to socially and have a good time. And it's a bonus that we raise funds. I also, as part of my um, job in the wider sense, support the community who would like to fundraise for Revive. So I help them to facilitate their fundraising activities and maximise the potential profits that they can make. It can be schools, it can be small businesses, local groups. These opportunities kind of pop up really randomly. So one day we can just get an email from a school saying, look, we want to support you guys as the charity of the year. And it's about how we can help them in their journey to do that. They may not have done fundraising before. So we're kind of experts at facilitating that and making sure that they feel supported through their journey. This can be with fundraising materials, buckets, cans, T-shirts, any signage they might need, um, but also signposting to um, anything that they need for a particular event. If they want to hold a raffle, if they want to have a tea party how how are they actually going to do that it's okay having the idea but then you know having the support behind you is really mm-hmm. pivotal mm-hmm. what we do what well, i do um is a big part of my job in the internal um events is making sure that these are all very accessible to our clients so that's part of the whole ethos of revive is that clients are able to come in it's a safe space that they can attend not only for the clinical side of things but the social and these events, of course, really help with that. Um, coming to a safe place where you can go to a bingo night, a chippy night, a Prosecco afternoon tea. There's a whole host of kind of events that we do. Um, and not feel like out of place. They feel like this is a, a safe, accessible place for them. And um, that's huge. Oh, fantastic. Um, so you, you started to touch on a few things there. Um, but what kind of events do you have for fundraisers? So we... In previous years and um, hoping for this year, we have challenge events. So mm-hmm. um, I'd previously come in for a chat with you before about our firewalk. That's right. That, uh-huh. <laughs> um, that was the kind of early stages of us organising that. So we had that in November. We had 30 participants taking part in that, which from the um, the organisers point of view it was the most that he'd seen doing a firework and it raised over £16,000 which is an incredible oh. amount um, the generosity of time people coming along um, but obviously people putting their hands in their pockets and donating yeah. um, it was a real event it was a real day um, come, people we did it right outside the, the centre so it meant that you know there was fire outside Revive which is good fun to see I don't think I realised that <laughs> what <laughs> a sight that must have been yeah, it was good fun um, not I, I have managed to avoid getting my feet dirty on that one I'm surprised um, <laughs> you, did, you did really miss out I think I did um, so we're also looking forward to 
at the end of this month where we've got 41 participants in the Glasgow Kilt Walk. Of course, yeah. It's so that's again. A, yes. Mm-hmm. So um, this is the most that we've had at the Kilt Walk. Um, almost tripled what we had in previous years and a quarter of those are clients that attend the centre wow. so being able to have have the clients with us and Amazing. yeah there's a few members of staff doing it as well I've managed to cajole into <laughs> <laughs> um, doing it alongside us so that's going to be a great thing to do, uh, take part in um, we're also looking to um, have a, a skydive for Revive in August so it Holy rhymes moly. you know that helps <laughs> <laughs> it, makes, it makes a good slogan it sure does it does so um that will be for the daredevils out there i think quite a lot of people that were doing a firewalk will take part in that right um in terms of social events within the center we have quizzes coming up as i, I think i'd said previously chip and bingo nights mm-hmm. curry karaoke prosecco afternoons it's all kind of these are staples for revive um and again things that we have in year in year out that we've not had throughout the pandemic that everyone's really glad to see back yeah um we are going to have our ladies lunch in june the first week in june um so tickets are selling fast for that so it's the fourth of june if anyone wants to buy a ticket they can get their tickets on the website and the yeah so if anyone wants also if anyone wants to do an event for us or take part in anything they can just get in touch through the website as well Wow. So there's a whole range of, of activities that, that help support sort of socially and financially that support the centre. Um, and, you know, I can I, I really I really heard you when you said earlier that it's that it's for both these events. Um, and, you know, one of the things that that I've always been quite in, um, impressed with and taken by in the, the history of Revive is sort of the the ownership that that the service users have in the in the starting of it originally and certainly in the way that it's developed over the years with um, the expansion of services and the like. Um, and to me, you know, uh, to me, this just feels like another example of that, another manifestation of it. Um, and, you know, it's, it's lovely to see as I've been speaking to folks over the course of this uh, series that that seems to pop up everywhere. Um, and so I'm, I'm not surprised in the least, I think, is, is uh, my, my feelings there that, that this is also um, part of that sort of ethos. Yeah, we have a new campaign that we've established this year that really does highlight that, our Five for Revive campaign. Mm-hmm. So this is something that is very, very open to anyone that wants to get involved. Um, currently, well, in fact, last week we had Ellie, who's the receptionist that revived in a sponsored silence for five hours. So that was her Five for Revive, and it was a challenge indeed. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice for us, and a bit of peace and quiet, right. but it was very challenging for Ellie. So she raised over £1,000 doing that. Oh, well done, Ellie. Yeah. We've also got two of our clients, Liam, who, you, who you've met in the previous right. um, mm-hmm. podcast, um, who's doing his five quizzes for Revive. So he does his fundraising quizzes um, every couple of months for Revive. So that's his five for Revive. And we've also got another client who's an artist. Um, he's been doing caricatures of different clients within the centre, but he also does um, landscape charcoal drawings of Glasgow. So he's chosen five that he's donating to us to be able to sell prints. Lovely. So it's just, it's, it doesn't necessarily need to be do a run, do it. It's so mm-hmm. open to any ideas that people may have. Mm-hmm. Um, there's chat of doing a, a five-a-side competition. So it's all obviously around the, the number five. Um, but again, anyone that wants to take part in that, we're happy to support them in our journey. Ian, brass tacks. How can people support Revive? 
Well, there, there's so many ways, and Sarah Shell's touched on quite a lot of them. I mean, there's uh-huh. so many ways that people uh-huh. can get involved in really fantastic fundraising activities. But there's, there's other ways as well. I mean, whether it just be somebody making a donation, uh, anybody can make a donation through our website uh, or, or at the centre itself. If anybody's feeling particularly generous, then I mean, regular gifts are really important to us. So somebody can make a one-off donation, and we're incredibly grateful for that. But if somebody wants to make a regular donation, a monthly donation, for example, that really helps us to plan for the future and to understand uh, our, our future finances as well. Yeah. Other people as well may be part of some sort of group, whether that be a community group or a rotary club or a faith group, that sort of thing. Uh, a lot of these groups um, will have will do some fundraising themselves and decide which charities they may wish to support with the funds that they raise. Uh, so if anybody out there would want to nominate Revive as, as a charity for to, to benefit from something like that, that would be amazing. But another big aspect as well is through corporate support. Um, whether that be a small business, a large business, the company you work for, so many businesses now uh, will choose a charity that they want to support throughout the course of a year or just for a one-off activity. So if anybody, again, out there has got the opportunity to nominate a charity for their company to support, then we'd love it if you chose Revive. Um, that can make a massive difference. It's also great fun as well because employees can then take part in some of the events that Rochelle's spoken about. It's great fun for team building, great for getting everybody together, great for challenging each other as well. But also at the end of the day, it just it makes a massive difference because by supporting our work in any of those ways, then you'll be helping people affected by MS throughout the west of Scotland to live the best possible life that they can have. So uh, you heard that, everyone out there. There's uh, no shortage of ways to, to help support Revive. Rochelle, I know that there's a lot of ways that you've already mentioned for folks to get involved, but if you had one last chance at the end, what else can you say for folks about uh, fundraising for Revive? If there's anything at all that you fancy doing for Revive, if you want to do a marathon for us, if you want to climb Ben Nevis, you want to walk the Great Wall of China, whatever it is, we can help facilitate it, we can help make it happen, and we can support you through the journey. And just get in touch with us. We're open to ideas. The wilder, the better. Why not? Um, and it makes my job more fun. As I said, it's all about the fun and fundraising. Um, and truly, anything that you guys need support with, I'm, I'm your point of contact and we'd be happy to help you through your journey. Well, there you go, guys. Dream big, dream wild. It is all possible. Ian, where can folks go to get more information? All the information about how you can support Revive is available on our website or our social media channels simply by searching for Revive MS Support. Or if you want to, you can just pick up the phone and give us a call. Uh, you can speak to us at any time on 0141 945 And if you ask for Rochelle, then she'll help you every step of the way. There you go. Well, thank you so much, Rochelle and Ian, for talking us through a lot of the fundraising opportunities and the, and the importance of fundraising to revive. Let's not forget that, guys. It is fun, but it is serving a, a very real and important job. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Elena. Revive was set up in 1984 by people living with MS and their families and helps people manage the physical, emotional, social and financial impacts that come with a diagnosis of MS. Anyone affected by MS can use Revive services 
and can be referred by a health or social care professional or self-referred. For more information, please visit revivemssupport.org.uk. Tony G Radio, your station, your kitchen.